Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Listener Production. Hey, I'm Pro Surfer and mental health advocate Cooper Chapman, and this is Good Humans. This is episode number 20, and we're almost a year in, and I'm very, very excited to share this episode with you. But first, I wanted to say thank you to everybody who's tuned in over the last year. It's been an amazing journey. It's been great to know that people are really appreciating the great, insightful stories we've been sharing. Make sure if you enjoy the podcast, you leave us a five-star rating or you leave us a review because that feedback really helps us improve the podcast. Have you ever had a moment in your life where you found it very difficult to find your purpose? That wasn't quite the story for my good friend, Mitch Third. He started with a very successful high school rugby union career but then knew he needed something more. He travelled to Bali and he found out how bad the plastic pollution problem was over there and wanted to make a difference. In this chat, he tells us about how he started a business called Third Fix and is really having a positive impact on the world. But the thing that most excites me about this interview is how he explains how important his morning routine is to be productive and to get the most out of every single day. Welcome to the podcast, Mitch Third. Thanks, bro. Thanks for having us. Super, super grateful to be here. Yeah, it's um, we're just sitting in your beautiful warehouse here for Third Fix, which we're going to talk a bit about later in this podcast. But I want to go back to the start. We've known each other for a couple of years and we've had a pretty cool friendship. We've seen each other out at night. We've had some good times together, but we've also taken the time to catch up and have lunch and go out for breakfast and do the normal friendship things rather than just a party thing, which I have a lot of friends like that, but I think it's pretty special what we have in that respect. You feel the same? Yeah, definitely, 100%. I think um, in our day and age, you can definitely have friends who are just party friends. You know, you see them out socially, but um, I feel we've connected on on a different wavelength and I think the journey that we're sort of both on at the moment, um, we definitely connect in that aspect. So, yeah, definitely see you as a really good friend and when we do catch up, um, we pick our brains and have a good time. Yeah, well, that's exactly what we're going to do today. I want to get to know you a little bit better and learn your story a bit better and I'm sure the list are going to be super inspired just like I am by some of the stuff you do. So let's go back to the start. Where'd you grow up? What sort of values did your parents instill in you? And yeah, what was your childhood like? So born and raised on the Gold Coast, um, very sport instilled sort of family. Um, Grew up playing rugby, swimming, surf life saving. My parents were really big on competing and, you know, giving it my best. So yeah, throughout throughout my childhood, um, started playing rugby when I was about five or six years old, S- started swimming same age and then surf life saving a little bit older. But in terms of um, the values and things that my, my parents instilled in me was, yeah, it was very based around sport and things like that. But at the same time, I, my parents were really big on being a good person in terms of manners, um, you know, treating 
everyone as if they were the CEO. So um, looking back on it now, I'm super grateful for how my parents have raised me. And I suppose at the time, you know, you just think as your parents as, as your parents. But um, when I think of, you know, everything that my parents have taught me, it's it's made me into the person I am today. And um, yeah, just super grateful for the things that my parents did teach me. Yeah, my, my parents were, were very into me about sport and that's sort of given me the the sculpture of sort of like my motivation and, and the hard worker I am today. Epic little start to your family life. Do you have any other siblings? Did you have anyone to sort of bounce against growing up? Yep. So I got an older sister. Um, she's one, years, one year older than me. We were very competitive. I suppose that's where I get my competitive nature from. And then to this day, like she's got her own little personal business going on as well. And we feed off each other now. So yeah, I've got an older sister, Jen. She's an amazing person, uh, works as an engineer and then has a side hustle with um, Relax and Recover, it's called. But yeah, to this day, we're sort of very competitive and um, yeah, she's a, she's a great gal. Yeah, having that competitive edge, I guess, brings out a lot in siblings. I'm lucky I've got three beautiful sisters that inspire the hell out of me, but also give me that drive to achieve and go on to big things. So let's talk about, so rugby was your one that you kind of fell on sport-wise. You're very competitive growing up. When did you sort of realise that sport was going to be more than just a bit of a hobby as a kid? So growing up, um, I went to a school called St. Michael's and it wasn't very sport orientated whatsoever and um, ended up making like a regional team for rugby where probably three quarters of the team were from the Southport school. Um, TSS is a a very well-renowned school for rugby union and um, lucky enough, got asked to go there, got asked to um, go there on a scholarship in in 2010, I think it was. Um, so I was super blessed in terms of getting asked to go there. So from year 10 to year 12, went to TSS, played rugby. Um, my parents sacrificed a lot as well in terms of, you know, the early mornings and and driving me to training and making sure I was well fed and, and everything like that. Um, so it was sort of in high school where um, I wanted to become a professional rugby player. That was the goal. It was it was all all my eggs in one basket. I quit swimming, quit surf life saving. Um, rugby was everything to me. And yeah, throughout high school, uh, that was the goal was to just sort of get through school so that I could get a contract after school or um, yeah, that that was just me. Hey, it was it was rugby union player or, or nothing else, which was pretty crazy to, to look back on now. But um, yeah, there are definitely definitely some times sort of growing up where I wish I sort of did other things. But um, yeah, rugby was it. And then so what happened was sort of went to TSS, made the Queensland made the Queensland team, made Australian schoolboys, Australian twenties. Everything was leading up to exactly where I wanted it to be. And then um, got asked to move down to Canberra for three months. So this was one year out of school. Got moved, got asked to move down to Canberra. Played for a semi-professional team called the Vikings. Um, played pretty well. Got man of the match against probably the Queensland team I should have played for here. Um, and then through just like hard work and sort of sacrificing a lot to move to Canberra as well. You know, Canberra's like, there's not much going down there, you know what I mean? Um, and obviously growing up on the Gold Coast, 
Um, the social side of my life was was a priority, you know, hanging out with friends and going out to, you know, clubs and, and things like that. So I sacrificed a bit to go down to Canberra. But during that stage, it was, you know, rugby was sort of everything to me. So it was kind of like, you know, if I move down here, this is sort of my big, big opportunity. And um Got, got it handed to me on a, on a silver platter and pretty much said, no, hey, uh, it's, yeah, it's sort of crazy to look back at. But um, yeah, so after I played the semi-professional competition, I got asked um, to stay for another six months to do a pre-season with the Brumbies. And uh, yeah, sort of pretty much just said, no, hey, it was really weird. It was, I had a trip um booked with, with my girlfriend Talia, a four-week trip to go to America and, and said yes to that instead of a pretty much a full-time contract, which looking back on it now, um, I don't have any regrets. Like I'm super glad where my life is at the moment. But um, yeah, I said no to go on this four-week trip to America with my girlfriend. Yeah, it's pretty wild to think you dream of something your whole probably childhood through high school and then you get given it. I don't think there's many people that would have made that decision. Yeah, so the sort of mindset behind it was during this time, um, Talia and I actually did a bit of traveling, went to Bali, Thailand, Fiji. Um, yeah, we did it. So we did a bit of traveling and I, and I fell in love with just the lifestyle of, of flying around, taking photos, um, just, yeah, the sort of lifestyle you sort of dream of, going to countries, taking photos, having a good time. And then, yeah, I don't know. It just, when I sort of got given the, this is it, like this is a contract, it just, it wasn't what I dreamt it to be like. And it was really, really strange. So I said to the the coach, he, he sort of asked why, what was my reasoning? I just said, Oh look, I'm I'm just going to go on this holiday. Do you mind if I come in the back end of the preseason? <laughs> and he honestly thought I was taking the piss. And so uh, the preseason for a, for a professional sort of rugby team in Australia is about eight to ten weeks. Um, the trip I was going on to America was four weeks. So I sort of said to him, "Mate, can I go go on this holiday and then come back to preseason the back end?" He's, mate, you got to be taking the piss. Like it's either you're, you're fully in, you're fully committed, or piss off pretty much and um yeah to this day man I actually didn't even tell my parents this so if they're listening to this they're pretty shocked yeah um so I just sort of said to my parents look yeah they didn't want me to sort of stay back all this stuff and they just said look there's always a team up in Queensland you can try again everything like that so yeah went on this holiday with my with my girlfriend and then um, pretty much just did the whole whole thing again, but with the Queensland team up in here, up here, up, up here, sorry. And um, yeah, it just fell short, I suppose. And that for me was, okay, you had your chance down in Canberra, got given a second chance in, in Brisbane. And then, yeah, I just sort of fell, fell out of love with the sport, really. I guess that happens, especially when you dream of something for so long. And I've spoken to another guest, a kid called Griffin Colapinto, a pro surfer from California, and he reached his big goal that he dreamed of this feeling of like, yes, I've got there. I'm going to have this amazing feeling. And then he kind of went like, wait a second. It's not, it doesn't feel that good to be here. Like I'm like depressed. So it's nice that you had that ability and that reflective sort of confidence in your decision to go, you know what, I'm going to go do this. And like, I know how happy you are now and we're going to 
talk about your business as we go through this podcast, but it's really cool that you could make that decision at such a young age. When you went on that trip to America, was there thoughts of I've made the wrong decision or was it, you know what, I've made the right decision, I'm backing myself? Yeah, it's really hard. I, I haven't really re- reflected on it really that much. Um, obviously, just because I'm so happy with with where I'm at now. I, on, I honestly started started thinking about it this time last year because last year was my, my last year of rugby. I, I sort of made that not public, but I sort of told everyone, look, this is my last year. It's just a bit of fun. I want to make make the finals and, and that sort of it. But in terms of reflecting on the decision, um, I really haven't reflected on it that well just because I didn't tell my parents, didn't tell like a few people. Um, so when looking back at it, on it now, I'm so glad that I, I'm, I'm going down the route that I am. But in terms of like being on that holiday, there were no sort of regrets. So still to this day, no regrets. Um, so yeah, didn't really have the time to reflect on it. But even just talking to you now, there's no regrets whatsoever. And I'm sort of happy that, that I made the decision to sort of, yeah, go down the road I'm down now. Oh, I, I can see like the smile on your face. You're almost like laughing about it going like, far out, I did make a like really good decision there. And that's fine. Like it's such a, comp- it was, as much as it was a contract, there's probably no guarantee that you're going to be playing for the Brumbies for, you know what I mean? So yeah, it's obviously a good decision. When you came home from the state, what was the States on that trip? What was the next process, I guess, in your life? Was it to uni? Was it starting your business or what's that next kind of couple of year phase look like? Yep. So at that time I was at uni, I was doing uni part-time. I was doing a double degree of exercise science and psychology. So the exercise science obviously being brought up with sport and everything like that. So I was very um, intrigued in that. And then I loved just how the brain sort of worked and us as humans, how we interact and, and how we work. So those two things really um, sort of worked in twine with how I was like grown up and everything. So did a double degree, exercise science and psychology. At that time, that's when I sort of started Third Fix. Um, I could sort of get into the, the process of how Third Fix started. So we, me and Tali went on a, a trip to Bali and I, I sort of realised and, and noticed the the pollution and, and the single-use um, plastic sort of the rubbish that was going on over in Bali and and didn't really realise the impact or or how big of a, a like situation the whole plastic industry um, sort of was. So started researching up on on everything like that, the plastic and single-use plastic and how it's, you know, damaging our, our earth and everything like that and sort of grew this passion for, for the environment and, and being eco-friendly. So um, I saw all the single-use plastic bottles in Bali and, and wanted to sort of make a change. So the, when, when people ask me why a water bottle, I sort of come back to that and say, I, I have this clear, clear vision of so many single-use plastic bottles in this one bit in Bali um, and I wanted to design a water bottle that would prevent people from buying single-use plastic bottles and then, so still playing footy, just on the side, bit of fun, um, obviously going to the gym and things like that. You have your protein shakes. When you have your protein shakes, protein can get stuck in the corners of, of your bottle. So as well as preventing people from buying single-use plastic bottles, I wanted to create a bottle that could do both. So thought about the round bottom design and how that can prevent supplement buildup. So ended up 
going on a thing called Alibaba, looking up water bottle manufacturers, pitching my idea to all these manufacturers, came down to about three or four manufacturers that were giving me samples and everything like that. And then came up with the the bad boy I've got today. And at the time it was just a side hustle. I like, I had the passion for the environment and everything like that, but it was more just a side hustle. Wasn't putting all my eggs in one basket kind of thing. Was still at uni. Um, and that's kind of how Third Fix started. But once I finished university, um, Third Fix started really kicking off. So everything kind of aligned. It was I was falling out of passion, falling out of love for rugby. I was falling in love with the environment and my side hustle. And then I had just graduated uni. So for for when I was in high school, the goal was to become a rugby player, right? Become a rugby player. And then once I'd got the paper, like finished my degree, I'd become a sports psychologist. So that was sort of growing up, wanted to become a rugby player into a sports psychologist. And then I suppose as you just get older, you just change as a person, um, your goals change, your motives change. So everything just sort of aligned to third fix, like me becoming eco-friendly, um, finishing university and and sales and, and things like that really started picking up for third fix because the lifestyle of of traveling and, and my girlfriend Talia, her Instagram was really picking up. You know, she would just take a photo with a bottle. So sales really started increasing and it was kind of like just rugby was really just getting further and further away for me and, and third fix was just becoming more of a, a priority really. I love that story and getting to hear you talk about it. It's, it's such a great run of events from you probably wouldn't have been going to Bali if you took that contract with the Brumbies and you wouldn't be making the difference you are today. Give me some of the stats. I know you post about it sometimes. How many bottles have you produced and how many plastic bottles has that saved from the environment? Because I, I love hearing this. Just So quickly. a statistic is one of my bottles will prevent 167 single-use plastic bottles in a year. So if you purchase my bottle, that's preventing you from going out and getting, you know, the bottle of waters you get. So 167 of them. So in the time I've had Third Fix, it's we've prevented 4 million single-use. It's it's like 3.8 million, but I'll say four because yeah. sales went well this week. Yeah, so <laughs> so sales good this week. Uh, so yeah, we've prevented 4 million single-use plastic bottles. And I did a Q&A on my Instagram the other day and someone was like, what's the proudest sort of moment you've had? And you know, I could say working with this influencer or doing this event or my warehouse or my car, or whatever. But when I see that statistic, it's like, it almost sort of like gives me goosebumps just because of the, the passion I have for the environment now. So yeah, that's sort of the big number, 4 million single-use plastic bottles. Yeah, that's so, you should be so proud of that. And it's so admirable, like hearing someone with obviously the sport career and then you've obviously got a great education behind you as well. I didn't know you had a double degree in psychology <laughs> and sports science because that's like that's something that I have really enjoyed doing my whole career, obviously being a professional athlete myself, getting to train full-time in a gym with sports scientists, working very closely with a sports psychologist. There's things that I want to get to one day in my life. But my sport career was maybe a bit more time intensive than you. Luckily, I was lucky enough to travel the world as well. And that's kind of where I got my passion for helping people too. But it's so cool seeing another young person with the why for your business being to make the world a better place. And it's something very rare. It was something that I've always been very cautious, not cautious of, but wary of in my life. I've always been like, I don't want to 
I want to make a lot of money in my life. I want to be successful in the, I guess you'd say, possession and money side of things, but I don't want to get there by ripping people off. I don't want to get there by doing something that's bad for the environment. And you've landed on something so amazing. As much as it is a drink bottle brand, your why is so pure and it's so, yeah, it's so awesome to see like, sitting here in your warehouse now, seeing how many cool drink bottles there are around and that the design isn't just like, oh, here's a drink bottle, let's get it out. There's thought into it. There's the awesome design of the rounded bottom and, yeah, it's got, yeah, it's, it's pretty bloody cool seeing what you've done with it. Let's, what's future plans for Third Fix? Where do you see it going? Where do you see it kind of growing and, like, what are your goals? How many yep. single-use plastics do you want to say, say Oh, let's go two-year goal. Two-year goal. you're growing that quick. It's, yeah, we're definitely growing super quick. Like I bought this warehouse probably just under six months now and looking for another one kind of thing. Um, but in terms of like setting goals and things like that, man, I'm only in a one-year sort of process. So a lot of people will ask me, you know, what's a five-year goal, 10-year goal, whatever, big, I just can't look that far. Like even when in terms of like planning my week and things like that, I don't plan my day until the morning of kind of thing unless I've got like meetings or events or anything like that. I'm sort of like planning the day of. But in terms of this year's goal, man, it's just becoming um, the number one fitness bottle in Australia. I think we're definitely getting there. I think, you know, I'm a pretty sort of renowned sort of company now in Australia. It's it's really hard in terms of figures when you ask me that um, – yeah, I don't really have a goal. It's just about building more brand awareness to me, man. Like even like you said, like people wanting to rip people off and things like that. When people ask me, you know, I've got this idea, how should I start this business? For me, it's like knowing your why and also creating a brand. So Third Fix, it's more than just a water bottle. It's like helping the environment. It's also a solution product, but the community I have now is amazing. So even on my Instagram, the amount of reshares I have is crazy. Like, and it's such a surreal feeling seeing like people, you know, post and tag and it's more than just a water bottle. People are like, you know, I want to be part of this third fix community, everything like that. Um, but in terms of goals, man, I'm, this year is really a big thing for me about scaling and growing. So although we're sort of, we're good in Australia, I'm, I'm moving more towards America as well. Like just had two really big influences in America. And off the back of that, my digital agency company can then retarget ads and things like that. Um, but it's really hard. Like when you ask me that, like I sort of bit stumped because if someone told me six months ago, I'd be sitting in this warehouse um, doing the sales I am at the moment, having three employees, I'd probably wouldn't believe you kind of thing. So um, I, I put things in place so that week to week that I'm growing, but I don't have sort of, you know, this year I want to be selling this amount of bottles. I want to be in this size warehouse. It's just growing week to week, um, being consistent. And I suppose through that, hopefully become, you know, the number one shaker or the number one water bottle in the, in the world kind of thing. Something that. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
inspires the hell out of me that I see on your social media and that I know about you is your routine and your morning routine especially because it's something that's very hard to get consistency in. Can you tell me about your morning routine, how you kind of came up with it? What inspired you to come up with a morning routine like yours and how important it is to your success? Yeah, so I was never like this. I was never a morning person, loved to sleep in, everything like that. But during COVID, yeah, you get a bit stumped because there's not much you can do in a, in a small apartment. So I, I came across... Um, 5am club. <laughs> Have you read that? No, I haven't. Oh, I'm going to give you that book. Okay. <laughs> so I came across um, just like some people meditating like yourself. I think you started meditating a long time ago, probably before me. There was a lot of people, you, Shani, um, a few other friends of mine started meditating and I thought, you know, let's have a crack at it. Why not? Started meditating throughout COVID, which obviously helped my yeah. mental health. So started meditating, um, just introduced that into my morning routine, started going for swims and then just really started enjoying waking up for the sunrise. So going from a sleeping person to loving waking up early, it wasn't all of a sudden, hey, I want to get a routine. It was just, I was putting in meditation. I was putting in going for a swim, just little things. And then I came across like a journal. So last year during COVID, um, I came across a, a My Goals journal and I had zero goals. Yeah, there she is. <laughs> I had zero goals for for 2020 in terms of in terms of business, in terms of myself. And looking back at it now, it's it's crazy to think that I had zero goals in 2020 to where I am now. So I came across this My Goals journal and it was it's really good if if someone's out there sort of struggling to create goals or to create a routine, I'd highly recommend this journal. It's um, they're called My Goals, M I Goals, and they have this journal which which honestly has like changed my life, like it's crazy. So they set out a month goal, three month goal, and a year goal. I wrote wrote them all down, and I smashed every single one of them in 2020. So in the in the journal as well, it's all about you know writing your day to day things. It's also got um gratitude. So writing three things you're grateful for. So during COVID, started meditating, started journaling, started doing all these things. And I came across this app called Calm, an amazing, amazing meditation app. And the first, the first meditation I did with it, it's called Seven Days of Gratitude. And so each day you do a 10 minute guided meditation, um, talks about gratitude. And if someone was to tell me, no, if someone asked me today, what's one thing that you think makes you happy? It's to be grateful. So during COVID, all these things started aligning and I just now have the perfect morning routine. Like don't want to pump my tires up too much, but the first five seconds of when I wake up is probably, it'll how do I put this into words? It'll define my day. So if I wake up first five seconds, I'm ready to go, happy, can't wait to go to the day, that'll define me. So every day I try and wake up as happy as possible, motivated as possible. So in terms of my morning routine, wake up at 5am every day. Um, I go to the gym and go for a walk just to sort of wake myself up. I come home, I go for a swim and then I'll do 10 minutes of Oh no, I actually do Wim Hof. I can get into that as well because I got into that at the end of last year and he's also life-changing and like all these things I'm talking about now, gratitude, Wim Hof, meditation, 
they're honestly so good for you. Like I can't recommend these things enough that I'm about to talk about. But so my morning routine is waking up, going for a walk, um, going for a swim, whether that's in my pool or in the ocean. And then I do Wim Hof. So you can go on YouTube, look up Wim Hof breathing technique. Amazing. Like there's so many benefits to, to the breath work that he does. So I do my breath work. I then meditate, whether that's through guided meditation or just sort of silence. And then I write three things I'm grateful for. And then I plan my day. And that's sort of my morning routine that I do every single day, except on a Sunday. Sunday, I try and have a sleep in. That's the time I sort of just let my body wake up whenever. But from Monday to Saturday, I do that exact routine every single day. Yeah, it's so cool. And I can attest for you watching your social media, you do do it and I can just see how energized and happy you look. And it's so cool to see that in someone in their mid-20s to have that discipline and that routine is so crucial. That's something I want to talk about, discipline. Was it tough to get into that routine? Was there days kind of growing up? Was it a building or was it like, bang, I started doing it, I'm going to stick to it? Or do you have moments of lapsing sometimes? It's I think it was the way I was brought up, hey, like through all the sport and how my parents sort of raised me was to – so motivation can only take you so far. So a motivated person – it can only take you so far. It's the discipline that it, that is key. So for me, it, it was the motivation of becoming um, a successful business owner. And I and I saw through all these videos on YouTube that all these owners, all these you know CEOs and everything like that, they have a morning routine. They're waking up at crazy hours of the morning and and putting in the hours in the, in the morning kind of thing. So for me, motivation started it. It was to become the best sort of you know CEO or that sort of, you know, kind of thing. And then it was just discipline, like discipline of just every single day. And the the more you do it, the easier it is. It's just it's just routine for me now. Like sometimes my, my body will just wake me up at 5am. Like I don't even need an alarm clock because I'm doing it that often. And then I just go through, through the motion of just doing it because I'm so routine in now. So the first like month to two months, it is hard. Like don't get me wrong, it is super hard, but it comes back to what we spoke about before. It's your why and why you waking up at this time. Why are you wanting to become the best version of yourself or why are you doing this morning routine to set you up for the day? So the first two months for me, it was the, it was the why and, and the goals that I'd set in that my goals, my goals book. And then sort of now it's just instilled in me. It makes me feel amazing. Like the breath work, work I do is is, is honestly some sort of different high and, you know, the meditation of just mindfulness and just getting that time to yourself kind of thing. Um, yeah, that first sort of half an hour of the day is is my favourite part of the day. It's, it's, it's sort of just that waking up, seeing the sunrise, there's something about a morning, just the, the silence, you know, everything's nice and chilled and you just get that time to yourself. So, it's something about that morning routine that, that gets me going every day, that's for sure. No, it's, it's inspiring me because I've definitely go through phases of good morning routine, but I'm a sucker for slipping out of it. So just having these conversations made me like, I'm going to definitely get, get back into good. something like strict because I definitely enjoy doing it and I see the benefits, but it's, yeah, it's getting past that month or two month hump and then, yeah, starting with why. So thanks for and sharing And also that. like the enjoyment, you just said enjoy then. Like if you're waking up, you get past the one or two month thing and you're not enjoying it, like, it's not good for you. Like it's not going to set your day up. So find a, a routine that works for you. So I started off 
going for swims first before exercising and I was meditating before the breath work and like testing and, you know, trialing kind of thing. So you sort of have to go through that phase, but I've done that now. And like, honestly, it's the my most favorite part of the day. I really enjoy it. So don't, don't do it just for the sake of it. Find your why and make it sort of exciting and that, that'll help you. Yeah, I love that. I want to use talking through this podcast has been such a great flow of things in life. Just like everybody, I'm sure you've had some moments where it's been very difficult. Has there been any personal things that you'd be willing to share that have been like a real roadblock where you like kind of felt like you froze up and you had to make decisions that were difficult that, and if there is, how did you overcome them to stay on? Was it your why or yeah. Tell me if there's any been those moments. So there was a big one in COVID. So I started Third Fix Collection. That's kind of my second baby. Um, it's a lounge, loungewear apparel. Um, so I started that and I didn't understand the process of sampling and all that sort of process of, you know, getting your samples back and things like that. So I started in, I think it was March in 2020 where I started um, hitting up manufacturers over in China wanting to create a hoodie, a sweater and track pants. And it took me seven months to finally get a sample that was right. So during that process, um, there were definitely times I wanted to give up 110%. I was getting samples back that were half my size. They were coming back with skins and like they were just exactly like not what I wanted whatsoever. So there were definitely times during Third Fix Collection where I sort of wanted to give up 100%. But I can honestly say that um, my girlfriend is the reason now that I have Third Fix Collection. Um, she's so, so supportive. There were there were times if I wasn't with her, it, like it wouldn't be a brand right now, 110%. So um, yeah, grateful for Tiles. And there was, a, there was a time where I said to her, look, this just isn't for me, that this whole thing, I, I can't get it right. The communication just isn't there between me and this manufacturer. Um, I don't want to create this brand if things aren't perfect, especially because we were putting our name to it. It's, it so Tiles and I co-founders of Third Fix Collection. Um, I didn't want to just, you know, do it for the sake of it, like almost making a buck, you know, you know what I mean? It was kind of like, what's the why? Why am I creating a clothing brand right now? So I had to look within myself and be like, okay, are you just doing this to make money or what, what's your reason behind wanting to make Third Fix Collection? So for me, Tiles and I have an amazing sort of, I wouldn't say a brand, it's hard. Like we're very well, we're a well-known couple in Australia, but I think the reason people like us is because we just, we're so sort of um, not upfront, but what's the word? Oh, yeah, honest and just, you know, people people know what they're getting with us. So when I when I started Third Fix Collection, it was, it was close or close, right? Community and brands where it's at. And I feel like that me and Tiles already have that community. We have that fan base. So for me, it was wanting to create another business that people could not only wear like cool clothes, they're wearing it because like it's ours kind of thing. So me and Tiles had a really good sit down. We're like, do we really want to do this or is it worth in the long run? And it turns out like we ended up smashing it. I stuck to it. Um, and we had like a really, really successful launch. And it was like another sort of amazing experience to see everyone, you know, resharing and, and being in our clothes and everything like that. So I have been really fortunate in terms of 
everything sort of aligning for me and, and going right. But there was a time during last year where I definitely could have given up, but having a supportive partner and, um, yeah, f- understanding why I was starting that business, I sort of got through it. So, yeah, I am pretty fortunate in terms of having things go my way. But, yeah, that was sort of the slump I had last year. Yeah, and I think it's just a testament to that morning routine and having the skills to set yourself up for success. And I feel like a lot of people don't give a morning routine enough time or don't have the starting with why and are just doing it for a quick bark. And that's why you're so successful, I believe, anyway, because there's no shortcuts. It's always like trusting the process, continuing with the process and pivoting when you need to, but not just giving up because it's not working straight away. And you touched on tiles a bunch there. I want to talk to you a little bit about relationships and running a successful business can be very time consuming, but also, like you said, being a person with a big social circle and having a lot of friends, how hard is that sacrifice and the balance between personal and business life and having those relationships that last and having the right people around you? It's been super hard. So I suppose the process of um, getting, so look, I'm not going to lie. Like I used to love partying. I used to party pretty much every weekend. Last year was a big sort of growing up year for me. And, um, I suppose finding a balance between work, hanging out with your friends and then time for my partner, I I really struggled. And, and me and Tiles really did struggle during COVID. And I wouldn't say that we drifted away. There were just times where we were just getting so sick of each other because, we were working from home and we were honestly 24-7 in each other's pockets. It's it's just we needed time apart. So when COVID, you know, eased off a bit and you could you could go out to bars and things like that, we usually would hang out with each other, but it was like, no, I need to go see my friends, you need to go see your friends. So um, yeah, the whole partying thing, um, it really didn't end until probably the end of last year and I sort of made a commitment to to sort of grow up a little bit and start saying no more. I found it really, really hard to say no to people, especially when it came to partying and and doing dumb stuff. So I suppose to this day, I'm still, I'm still trying to work out, you know, what works best for us and things like that. But since getting this warehouse and, and coming in here for work, we've been so much better, man. Like, when we were just in each other's pockets, we struggled really hard. And and Tiles really isn't into the meditation and breath work. She's not she's not into that. She's she's supportive, don't get me wrong. She lets me do it and she'll occasionally do it with me once or twice a month or something. Um, but I wish she was sort of into it. I think that would help her a lot. Um, but in terms of just finding a balance, it's it's really hard in our day and age, man. Like there's something on every weekend and, you know, there's always an excuse to get on it. So it's a, it's just about, I suppose, coming back to that why once again, it's like, are you going to, are you going to sacrifice being hungover Sunday, Monday, man, I'm not good till like Tuesday or Wednesday now. We're just getting to that age. So it's, it's looking at the like positives versus negatives. So like there's so much good things about being with the boys and like drinking and like, you know, having all those memories and things like that. But for me, bro, the the negatives just outweigh the positive these days. So the hangover, like just lack of clarity throughout the week and, and uh, you know, waking up anxiety, just like not knowing what you did the night before or just like silly mistakes and things like that. So all, yeah, all these things, it's about sort of coming back to your why and is it worth it? So I suppose in, 
this year especially I've I've become really good at saying no um instead of instead of going there also instead of going there sober I just won't go at all I just find that more beneficial for me because I know that um I am pretty easily persuaded so I'm just trying to take myself out of the situation and I think by doing that, it's helped me and Talia's relationship a lot. So now that I'm way more clear throughout the week, I do have more time to work hard and therefore freeze up more space, maybe for on the weekends or weeknight, we'll go out for a day night or something like that. So um, yeah, sacrificing sort of the, just the Saturday with the boys is so much better for me and my lifestyle that I want now, um, especially if I want to keep my partner and have a, have a good relationship with her. Yeah, and I think the way that you describe it's really cool because I know there's still going to be those once a month times where you do go spend the time with those mates, but the mates who want to see you succeed, you start to realise are a bit different to the mates who want to drag you out to party. And not that those are bad mates, but it's just like you said, it's really aligning to your why and those people who are supportive of that why. And there's enough mates out there to shift towards that. And it's not really... It's hard. You have to take responsibility and make that decision yourself. There's not many mates that try and convince you to do yeah. that otherwise. It's yep. usually like older mentors and yeah, for sure. it's really maturing and taking accountability for where you want to be and it's yep. really – I'm so proud of you as a mate because I've kind of met you through that party yeah, side sure. of stuff yep. and it's cool to have a chat like this and sit down and I'm sure you can see the same with me that there's still that urge and there's still that party that comes around every now and then but it's really trying to like – separate and really come down to your core values as to why, what you want to achieve in this life and what you want to get done in this life. And yeah, knowing how important your why is with the drink bottles, as much as it's just a drink bottle brand, it's really trying to make a difference in the world and really trying to be a solution for people. And anyone who wants to check it out, by the way, it's third fix, three R-D-P-H-I-X on Instagram and then I'm sure the website's just thirdfix.com. Thirdfixbottles.com. Thirdfixbottles.com. So make sure you check it out. Amazing drink bottles and they have, yeah, a really cool range, great for the gym, great for your shakers, for your protein and just a great way to not be grabbing a plastic water bottle all the time and, I mean... Thanks, bro. I appreciate that. No, of course. (laughs) I just, I love the drink bottles. I use mine every day and I use it at the gym. So, yeah, make sure you check them out but... I'm going to finish with one last question and I really appreciate your time and I really appreciate you being so honest and sharing your story and like you said, your first podcast. So it's yes. great to get to give you a little journey because, I mean, I'm sure you're going to be doing some Forbes thing in the next year. So I got in before <laughs> Forbes to <laughs> 30 under 30. Um, but yeah, so the last question I ask everybody is what does being a good human mean to Mitch Third? What does a good human mean? Oh man, you stumped me. <laughs> I'm not going to answer for you, but you've yeah, been talking about the yeah, whole time. Yeah. Start with why. I, I, yeah, hundred percent. I suppose just finding your why, and and for others, people will find it earlier than others. It's it's about also trying. So putting yourself out there, um, making mistakes as well. That's what humans are based on. Don't be afraid of making mistakes to find your why. And um, I suppose, yeah, just just be a good person, man. There's so many bad people out there these days, especially in the in the industry we're sort of from and social media, everyone just wants to put everyone down sort of thing. Just just be a nice person, whether that's manners, values, anything like that. Go out there, make mistakes, enjoy life, um, find your why and when you find it, nail down it at tunnel vision and, and life will be pretty good. So, yeah, it's a, there's a lot of things there to be a good no, human no. but um, I suppose it comes back to like, you know, values and just – 
yeah, I don't know, having a crack really maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that. It's it's so beautifully the way you put it and there's not many people at our – and like you said, being able to make mistakes and take yeah, chances but just really being willing to lose and willing to make change. I, think I suppose that's like big... another one, like when you make mistakes, it's like what you do off the back of that. Mm. Like mistake after mistake after mistake is like not – that's not a good thing. Once you make a, a mistake or two, it's like – realizing how to fix it or, or what went wrong with it and then sort of looking at it like that I suppose but yeah just go out there like don't be don't be scared to make mistakes I suppose like in the the day and age we live in people are like just feared of or like scared of like going out there and and trying things and you know scared of what like people think as well there's so many opinionated people out there be yourself don't be don't be afraid to be yourself don't be afraid to make mistakes so one last thing I want to ask you. I know I said last question, but I didn't get to talk to you about this. Give me a couple of book recommendations because you do read a lot yeah. and I think that's a really good thing for the listener because reading's a big thing for massive, me massive. and I think it's a great way to learn new things. And like you touched on earlier, self-development was something that you really yeah. were intrigued by with your degree that you did at yeah. university. Give us a few book recommendations to finish. So number one, first book you have to read is The Resilient Project. Absolutely love it. Um it's big on on gratitude and I'm massive on gratitude. So I think that- Hugh Van um, Seilenberg. Hey. That's by Hugh Van Seilenberg, anyone. Um, Atomic Habits, that's a good one. And then the one I'm reading at the moment is David Goggins. If you're lacking motivation at the moment, go and read David Goggins' book. It's absolutely amazing. Did I recommend that one to you? I think you did. Yeah, <laughs> you did. I literally woke up the other morning at 4.30, went for a run, like did all this crazy shit just because I like was reading this book. So yeah, man, they're the three ones, The Resilient Project, Atomic Habits, and I'm not sure what it's called, the David Goggins. Can't hurt me. Can't hurt me. That's it. Yeah, all man, right. they're my three tips. All right, that's a cracker. But yeah, thanks so much for jumping on. First podcast ever with Mitch yeah. Third. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on here. And yeah, thanks to everybody Grateful listening. Hope you, you got to learn a couple things about Mitch's awesome drink bottle brand and also just his life. And I think the main thing to take from this is just that routine. It's so important. And yeah, make sure you check out his drink bottle brand and yeah, check out his social media. It's things just at Mitch Third. And yeah, have a great day, everybody. Good Humans was presented by me, Cooper Chapman. Producer, Alex Mitchell. Audio production by Darcy Thompson. Listener. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.